Hello and welcome to another episode of You've Got Mahi, or as I like to call it, the podcast where we frequently talk about how award shows are dying, which is deeply upsetting to me because I grew up loving them. We will soon, hopefully, be more of a weekly podcast where it won't be a week in between award shows, but the Grammys were last Sunday and they absolutely delivered on nothing that I was excited about. Normally, it's just like a bopping concert, and it was just like a concert and absolutely not bopping. 20 minutes in, it was unclear if they were even going to hand out awards, but whatever. I don't know. I even, I used to like Trevor Noah. Then I was just like, your one job is to be here and to entertain us and to be funny, and you couldn't do that, and I'm upset. And Olivia Rodrigo didn't sweep. She won three out of her seven nominations, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. She will win best album. She'll win album of the year one year and it will be amazing and she will have something to look forward to. But I really just wanted a full Olivia sweep like Adele, Billie Eilish style when they're just like tumbling out of the ceremony, just carrying them. But it's okay. Her performance was so amazing. So was Billie's and literally nothing. It was just all random filler content otherwise like the the awards were interesting and it was fun to see people win but they just didn't make it entertaining it was it was it was really upsetting honestly the 2021 grammys were better which is absolutely shocking because it was like peak covid no vaccines i just it was truly absolutely shocking the way that they were able to make it not not entertaining at all but at least we got some good Jack Harlow content and everyone was obsessed with his 22nd audio of his new song, First Class, and it was the hottest audio you've ever seen and the song wasn't, which is just really following the trajectory of 2021 of just <laughs> letdowns. Um, the best also was that Taylor obviously knew she wasn't going to get album of the year forevermore because it would have been her fourth album of the year and also would have been two in a row, which... As much as the Recording Academy loves her, they just wouldn't have done that. But it just proves this whole TikTok theory that exists on Swift Talk, as they call it, that Taylor refuses to acknowledge the existence of Evermore, which I find hilarious. But that's really, you guys, that's all I have to say about the Grammys. The Grammys highlight is on the You've Got Mahi story if you wanted to watch a little bit more of a play-by-play. But, you know, we said funny things and entertaining things, but they themselves... Mm didn't deliver, but it's fine. Um, many more intriguing things have happened since then. So we're going to chat about Benifer's second engagement. We're going to chat about Jake G, we must, hosting SNL, Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham's wedding, my new reality TV obsessions. We're going to just chat through it. First, let's begin with the boyfriend that has come back 18 years later after you call off your wedding and that's JLo and Ben Affleck. I said this earlier, um, the very, very beginning of the pod where like I really truly was convinced that they were a PR relationship and I accepted that I was wrong about it, but I won't give up about Kim and Pete being fake. It's, It's just late night snack, late night snack. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Kim Kardashian's Instagram and the fact that she was at a John and Vinny's booth with Pete Davidson is too much for me, but the people that are allegedly not a PR couple and the people that 
not allegedly confirmed by each other lime green engagement rings are JLo and Ben Affleck. Here's the thing. Again, as I've said, I want them to be happy. But I'm also like, is this just, JLo is so powerful and so amazing and so talented. So is she just like, hey, Ben, come back. This is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to eat. It's going to be greens. It's going to be clean. You're going to use my face products. You're not going to drink. Because honestly, that's what he needs. That is literally the whip him into shape that Ben Affleck needs. And it's also what, honestly, Jennifer Garner is so good at. She has pulled him out of every depth of, you know, bottom of the barrel that he's been in. So really, the net net is, I just hope that Jennifer Garner is okay during all of this. And I want her to be happy and I want her to be happy for them if she wants to be. Ultimately, whatever Jennifer Garner wants out of this, I want out of it. But I love the idea of there's just no other way that they exist in this world other than J-Lo just being like, wake up, Ben. It's 5 a.m. It's the Lady Gaga thing where it's like, wake up, work, no sleep, bus, club, another club. That's J-Lo with Ben. She's like, we sleep eight hours. We have a life to live. We have calories to lose. We have dance moves to learn. We have yachts to be on. And you know, at a certain point, you got to respect it. Again, like I said, I think it was the first episode. JLo, JLo does rich celebrity the way all of us would. Get a private chef and a personal trainer and spend all your time there. I just really can't believe that they're engaged again. It's so weird and the craziest throwback. And it's just like, how do you even broach that conversation where you're like, it's our one year back together anniversary. Should we throw the wedding that we canceled? They were, I think they canceled their wedding it was in 2004, I believe, but genuinely some number like four days or like two weeks before or something crazy soon. Like the wedding was happening and it was planned and they canceled it. So it seems to have been not bad blood enough for them to not get back together because they did it um, post A-Rod, thank God, or rather he who must not be named or don't look him in the eyes as I also refer to him. Yeah, so I kind of think that's just where they netted out. J-Lo was like, enough with these guys trying to pull shit off. No more. And Ben's like, I'm looking to pull it together and be sober. Can we do this together? And she's like, yeah, I'm the fun one anyways. That's all. I hope they're happy. I hope Jennifer Garner is happy. I hope all of their children are happy. Also, Mark Anthony went to Nicola and Brooklyn Beckham's wedding with a girl who... I genuinely thought, and I clicked onto it, I thought it was his daughter. I thought it was the daughter that he shares with J-Lo, and it was not. It was a a date woman, a woman that he brought as a date that might be his girlfriend, but I didn't scroll back far enough in in his Instagram because I just mentally couldn't. But she was so young, it it was shocking. Like, we are used to these men carrying around these very young girls because of, you know, Hollywood. But it was actually jarring how young she was that, like, it was, she was a child. And they went to the Beckham's wedding, which was also shocking because, okay, so if you don't know, Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham got married in April, this month that we're in now. Okay. He used to date Chloe Grace Moretz. He's 23. He's a bebe. She is gorgeous, also comes from a ton of money. We love it. But she, And she's 27. And I don't know why that was so shocking for me to hear. Not that she's 27, not that she's four years older than him. 
but that he was 23 was really shocking to me for some reason and totally separate from her age i was just like you are so young you're so young and you're getting married at probably one of the most expensive weddings but anyways she dated paul jason klein who is the lead singer of the band laney that me and hana love she dated him and she dated him right after he dated dua lipa and dua lipa dumped his ass and then he spent a year writing like the saddest breakup album you've ever heard if you need a good sob go listen to malibu nights but yeah so paul jason klein dated dua lipa she dumped him he started dating nicola and then they broke up but what's crazy is that dua lipa dumped him she went back to her like previous boyfriend so like paul was a rebound she goes back to her previous boyfriend then she dates anwar hadid and they have now allegedly broken up. Who else had previously dated Anwar Hadid? Nicola Peltz, who's now married to Brooklyn Beckham. It's a wild, twisted web that, like, I can't even... The moral of the story is how has Anwar Hadid pulled so many stunning women? Me. I mean, my doppelganger, rather. Dua Lipa and also, like, billionaire supermodel Nicola Peltz. But, okay. Um, it's wild. They got married... They've been literally flaunting their engagement on Instagram. Not just flaunting, but I guess like any COVID engaged couple is just like sitting there engaged for two years, not able to get married. But like everything has just been like my, it's like fully like my fiance, my baby vibes, like Haley and Justin level of like PDA or like DDA, digital displays of affection. I just made that up. Social media displays of affection, I guess. Um, They've been so hot and heavy. Honestly, I just hope it lasts, but I'm just like, staring and watching and i'm like you guys are so young you're so young i don't know what's going on but i guess they've been together for a minute now it's been like like at least two years and a few months and i guess when you know you know but yeah they had a super star-studded wedding um in the house that her family owns in palm beach so many things happening in palm beach florida like literally have you ever heard more about palm beach than you have from 2016 to now and it seemed so stunning. Victoria posted the cutest like carousel of Instagram posts where she was like, got to dress my friends up for my son's wedding. And I was like, that's the dream. You go to a wedding and it's the the family is a fashion designing family and you can just wear their things. So that was that. They were super cute. I get major like cuddly Haley and Justin vibes from them. So I just hope they're they're like honestly all cruising. Someone genuinely who is not that close to marriage, but probably is dating a 23-year-old. Ugh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you ever thought that someone was so hot and so ridiculously pretentious and annoying? I'm sure everyone, all the girls are saying, yeah, I can think of like 20 people, every guy I've ever liked. But it's like, Jake really is like full heartthrob vibes and then just like drops you on your ass. Like, yeah, we would all write the album Red after that. But he comes on to SNL. He hosts after 15 years. He makes a big hoopla about the fact that it's been 15 years. I'm like, whatever. Nobody really cares. And he's wearing the weirdest suit. I talk a little bit about this on You've Got Mahi Stories on Sunday just because I was like, what's happening? But the suit jacket was this like double-breasted jacket hanging on him, you know, not judging him for how he like looked. Anyone can look however they want, but he looked rather gaunt if i may say so he looked like rather sunken he looked like his character in nightcrawler which is like part of his bit too in the monologue he was talking about basically trying and failing to be method and i was like "Mm, i don't believe that you failed you seem like a 
um, method method head um but it was just so weird because you could tell that he was the point he was trying to drive home on the monologue was like i am fun and funny and i am not robot and can let loose and you were like um or a robot would have a hard time selling that and you indeed are having a hard time convincing me like that and he kept being like like i don't you know i don't care about awards anymore acting should be fun honestly like acting acting stupid it's stupid to take it seriously like just have fun and i was like literally nobody believes you nobody believes that you actually think this way i i honestly think that he probably got up there to go win like a an emmy for like guest starring on a episode of comedy like truly it was hilarious to me i was like any one of us listening could have gotten up there on the snl stage and sold that better for jake to be like and I finally learned to let loose and have fun acting. I'm like, which role? Literally name which of your roles you let loose and started having fun on. The one where you were like a an on-call, like like 911 person who an- answers the 911 messages. Like that seemed really intense and serious. The one, the new movie you have coming out where it, it's literally called Ambulance. That doesn't sound all like let loose and have fun, but okay. Like just leave us alone. Like, we all know what you did to Taylor and it's fine. We're not going to like drag you through the mud. You're dragging yourself through the mud by like refusing to acknowledge that she exists. And he just, the whole thing that we took away from Red was that Jake thought Taylor was like the most unfunny, at least hilarious, no sense of humor person in the world. And I'm like, bruh, take a good, long, awkward look in the mirror because you do not have a comedic bone in your body. And it was... It was just so funny to watch him try to like debunk all these theories. And it was like, dude, you could have just like kept living your life and we would have just left you alone. And now he's up here just trying to debunk it. But yeah, he had full Leo vibes in terms of just like rapidly aging as men do, which is fine as humans do. And it's not even a bad thing. Like you give women so much flack for it, but it's fine. You're just aging and go keep dating your your mid 20s ladies as you do. Your lovers stay my age, as as Taysway said in all too well ten minute version. Anyways, a little part of me literally, truly, truly, truly dies every single time the SNL host performs a song as part of the monologue. Like uh, I lose, I lose a few months and a few ounces of pride and joy in my soul, and he fully just gets up there and sings the Celine Dion song that's all over TikTok. And I was like, oh, Jake, you're really trying to appeal to all the wrong people as you always have been so whatever he's just gonna keep doing his thing promoting his movie and every other movie after that and dating the bebes and it's fine because he'll just keep getting paid making movies and just being cute ultimately he's a handsome man and that's that's the downfall for all of them i guess you can be not funny and handsome hmm whatever that's enough no more jake talk um Britney Spears said this week on Instagram that she was pregnant and she's been saying that she has wanted another kid for a long time and so if she is pregnant and if she is fine I am through the roof ecstatic so happy for her this is huge like she finally got her life back when the conservatorship ended and she can just bop and do whatever she wants but the way that the Instagram caption was written announcing her pregnancy I was like I'm not entirely confident that 
that you know that you're pregnant. But I couldn't tell if she was like, I just took the pregnancy test and now I'm telling you all. But if she is, I'm so happy for her and I want only good things. I want only good things to happen to her. And you know whose opinion I don't care about when it comes to Britney being pregnant? Kevin Federline. Absolutely no, no fucks given about what he thinks about it. I got an E! News notification that was like, Britney Spears' ex-husband, Kevin Federline, finally responds to Britney's pregnancy news. And obviously you click in and it's like a quote from his representatives, not even from him. And it's like, Kevin is very happy for Britney and bop, 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 bop. And I'm like, mm, don't believe you. You literally can barely string a sentence together, K-Fed. And you were a huge part of how we're here decades later and don't have room for you. Don't have room for you. And I don't care about what you think. Let her hang out with your two sons and her new baby and be happy without you. Thanks. Bye, K-Fed. That's literally it. I've also, I know I said a couple weeks ago, I'd really get back into watching all my TV shows. It's, I don't know what's happening to my brain, you guys, but unfortunately it's too hard to get into any of my things or finish my shows rather. I've started Maisel. I've started Bridgerton. I've started The Dropout. I am in all the places, but I cannot bring myself to watch anything other than Summer House, which is, yes, you guessed it, a Bravo reality TV show. It's all my brain can handle. It's all my brain can attach to, but it's basically a group of like 30-somethings hanging out in the Hamptons and drama ensues. And I'm now on the most recent season where my favorite boys from Southern Charm and another Bravo show that's based in Charleston, the boys from Southern Charm come to the house in the Hamptons and it's like the only crossover event since, you know, that's a sweet life of Hannah Montana that I'm ready for. And it's brought me so much joy over the last two weeks watching Summer House. I cannot recommend it enough if you just need to turn off your brain and only watch people drink rosé and like fall in pools. It's amazing. Only respect for for my Bravo shows. BFFs, Ardrey and Gabby have been telling me to watch it for a long ass time and I don't even know what click finally switched in my head where I was like now I will play and it's been amazing and highly recommend if you just want to watch for a good time the only other thing that I've been or not only other but like been trying to go back to Grey's Anatomy um if you'll remember huge fan seen it many a time could quote it back to you and start crying on the spot as Britt Bartle and I did this last weekend. He's not the son. You are. Kills me. Gets me every time. We play the Tegan and Sarah song. If you know, you know. But anyways, season 17 of Grey's Anatomy was like their COVID season where they're all in PPE and they're in the hospital. And it was really, in a serious way, just too much for me to watch and deeply triggering. So I had to fully skip it and come to season 18, which is like the most recent season that's airing now. I had to just skip it because now it's like a post-COVID world in season 18 and that's kind of all my brain can handle. And Peter Gallagher is in it. Yeah, you guys, Sandy Cohen. Sandy Cohen from the life-changing four-season run, The O.C., created by my TV love, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. Is Peter Gallagher the greatest actor of all time? Just think about it. For real, just think about it. He might be. He's now on Grey's Anatomy. He was on Grace and Frankie. He was on the OC. These are this is life-changing programming, you guys. 
I this is this is the note I want to end on just talking about how much I love Peter Gallagher and his daughter Catherine Gallagher is so good on TikTok and she puts her dad in some TikTok videos and it just absolutely sends me he's so sweet I'm like I just want him to in in all seriousness not even in a gross way if you've seen those see you know you just want him to like schmear a bagel for you it's it's not even a euphemism I mean it literally that's like what he does all day on the OC. But I got back into Grey's and I was so happy. I felt like I was right at home with Peter Gallagher on. So we thank you. We thank you, Peter. And we needed you. I needed a familiar face. I mean, I mean, literally all the faces on Grey's are familiar because I've been watching it for 20 years. But I needed Peter Gallagher on it. And he really brought me back down to earth. And I'm fully recommitted. He has Parkinson's in the show. And I really need him to end up okay. What's going to happen? Is Meredith going to do the research? Who knows? Is she going to cure him? Who knows? Have we ranted enough? Every episode I start off in my head being like, oh, I should preface everyone that it's just going to be a rant. And then I have to remember that they're all always rants. And I need you guys to just keep listening to the rants and like rant back to me. So that's all. Love ya. Bye.